Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, so welcome back to the Confident Woman Podcast. Today we have a guest with us. Again, her name is Maddie Hawthorne. And um, she has her own business called Mad Fit, which by the way, I've always loved that name. I think that's a cool business name. But she's a certified nutritionist, loves helping women and basically getting through their own BS in their head about what it takes to become fit and healthy nutrition. So this is going to be fun because I feel like I have a lot of BS in my head about it. So we're going to have fun talking about that. And yeah. Rachel is right up your alley too. So totally in my wheelhouse. When I, yes. when I heard that Maddie was coming, I was like, yes, this is my jam. Like we have so much in common. So yes, I'm super pumped to talk about everything, all that crap that's in our head. And I know <laughs> Maddie's going to touch base on that as well. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what Maddie has to say. You're like, this is going to get science-y. I think so. <laughs> Maybe more on her side. I'm pretty much like the straightforward layman's like, I don't have any like BS stuff. <laughs> I tell you how it is. But anyway, so. So hi, Maddie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Yes, we are excited too. So why don't you just like start off by telling us kind of like how you got started on your journey, your fitness path or your nutrition path or whatever you call it. What do you call it? Yes, my journey essentially. So I actually had my own struggles with losing weight, being healthy, all that, you know, growing up classic story. I was active. I was, you know, involved. And when I got to college, I actually went through a really big trial in my life. I became depressed and I ended up gaining like 30 pounds in a really short period of time. And once I started working through the stuff in my head, like you kind Mm -hmm. of alluded to, I really was able to get out of that slump. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I cannot keep this weight on. Like this is not me. And I just totally felt like my inside did not match my outside because I had worked internally to get rid of all the garbage in my mind to really, to really, you know, reframe how my thoughts were and everything. And then I needed to fix the external to match the internal. Right. So Mm -hmm. I ended up researching and like going online, reading forums. And I was just like, I need to figure this out. And I saw people what I first found was like a lot of people were doing like macros and they looked great. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So pretty much long story short, I started doing a bunch of research. I lost about 20 pounds. And then the last 10 pounds, I really was stuck. And I worked with an online coach and he really just helped really just give me that extra push to get to where I wanted to be. And it really changed my life. And that's what led me to want to be an online coach. Mm-hmm. And from my own experience, I just realized I could help change people's lives. And so here we are. So that's awesome. How long ago, what like was that, that you'd say that you've kept that 30 pounds off? It's been about since 2017, I believe. So a few Ooh. years, um, I started kind of really working towards the weight loss in 2016. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So two years. Good. Yeah. That awesome. usually lasts about two months. <laughs> You'll get there. We'll get to that later. (laughs) Yes, we'll get to it. No, Maddie, I absolutely love that because I could totally relate to that. My journey was very similar. And in that wheelhouse where I had gone down that journey as well. And so why I had created my own business as well is because it was the impact that it left on me that I felt compelled to help others. Mm -hmm. And I see that in your own story too. And it's just amazing how when we realize 
we think it's the external thinking that it would be weight loss would get us to where we want it to be. And you already touched base on that a little bit and we could talk about it a little bit further too. And we realized that was really not even what we're Mm -hmm. after. Because now I'm sure that your your weight loss journey isn't even a priority in regards to how much of the the internal transformation reflects externally. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, when I lose two dress sizes or when I get to a size four, when I weigh my high school weight or when this or when that, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be confident. Then I'll be, you know, who I want to be. But really, you have to start creating that person inside. So that when you do get to that weight or that goal or whatever, you're not unhappy because you won't feel the full reward just by getting that look. That's not going to make you happy. That's not going to give you full confidence. Confidence comes from the inside outward. So if you don't fix what's going on inside, it doesn't matter what size you are on the outside. You can still be unhappy. You can still not love yourself and not be confident. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. And that's a part of what I incorporate into my coaching because I think a lot of women don't realize how important that aspect of it is. Absolutely. It's almost like we're just trying to slap band-aids on the external problem, but it's always getting down to the root of what triggered that. Like, why do we attach worth and value to a number on the scale or a dress size or how much money is in a bank account or a status. And so when we get down to the root of what really is the problem, then all of that stuff on the surface becomes non-existent. Yeah, I agree. All right. I knew that with you two, it was going to get deep. (laughs) (laughs) So let's back up in a second though, because I'm curious, like when you said you put on like that weight in college, what was like the time frame for that? It was about three months, approximately three to four months. So pretty quickly. So like about 10 pounds a month. And I literally remember every time I stepped on the scale, seeing the number go up and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But I was so depressed and so like, just not myself that like, I couldn't change it right away at least. Right. Cause I was um, like, personally for me, when I went to college, I gained 18 pounds by Thanksgiving break. So like freshman mm-hmm. 15, right. I laid it like overachiever 18 instead. But like, I don't, I wasn't like depressed or unhappy. Like I was having a good time. I was going out drinking every night, junior mm-hmm. making cheeseburgers, cheesy gordita crunches, like <laughs> it up. But, then, but here's what happened. Here's what happened with me. And I, I think that was a continuous thing that I still go through that other people might go through. So you could address, but I went through that and put on a lot of weight really quickly then realized, oh crap, my pants don't fit anymore. So then I spent the second semester of college total pendulum where I would stay in my dorm room and cry instead of going out with my friends because none of my clothes fit. So then I would go to the gym every single day and for like at least two hours, like almost like like keep track of how many calories. Oh my gosh, I ate 1600 calories today. I can't leave the gym till I burn 1700 almost like a pendulum obsession. And I feel like that's something that was like the start of my yo-yoing, I guess. Absolutely. (laughs) Put this weight on really fast, but then took the whole second semester. It was just that that back and forth. Yeah, that's so, so common. The whole like hamster wheel of losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight, trying this fad diet, trying that. 
And I think it's just people don't know how to create the balanced lifestyle. So they just try the quick fixes, whether that's the juice cleanses, or I'm going to take this fat burner and I'm just going to do cardio. or I'm going to cut out carbs. Like they just don't have the right information. And I think that is what is the missing piece is that there's a missing knowledge point that they don't have. And because they follow random things on the internet or they Google search, or they, they just don't find the right facts to help them have the balanced lifestyle. So I see that all the time and it's very common. And I think the real key to getting over that yo-yo cycle is finding what works for you and what works for your lifestyle. So you have to start to build the habits that create the healthy lifestyle long-term so that you're not crash dieting. So you know how to eat a balanced meal. You know, maybe you, it's not reasonable for you to work out five times a week, but maybe it's twice a week or walking on your lunch breaks or something. And so just having those habits for life instead of for three months out of the year, or once you gain the weight, you know, that's what keeps people. That's how I have kept my weight off is figuring out how do I make this work for me without being super low calorie, without having to be in the gym two hours a day. Now I probably am in the gym a little bit more than the average person, but this is like my career, but it's definitely doable to just focus on nutrition and have, you know, a few days a week of exercise or activity. So you you mentioned habits and I love that because I want you to talk a little bit further because everybody kind of has their take on habits. Now, for somebody who doesn't recognize that their habits aren't serving them, so how do you help step in and correct course with creating habits to create a lifestyle? Because a lot of people right now are looking at diets, diets as short-term quick fixes to get the end result they're not taking an account of their habits or maybe just aren't aware. So how do you help coach on that regard? Yeah, habits are so huge. And part of it, one of the most foundational basic things that I start with is teaching people how to build a like nutrient balanced meal. So a lot of people don't realize like, what does a real meal, what should it look like? You know, because even when I was first starting my journey, I didn't even realize because you go to school, they feed you, your parents feed you, then you go to college and you just don't know. And so right. adults don't know what is a balanced meal. So really teaching them how to build a plate with protein, fats, carbs, what do those portion sizes look like? So portion control is a big part of that. And that's one thing a lot of people are shocked with. Occasionally, not everyone, but I'll have people start tracking for like a week or two um, at least in my fitness pal, to get an idea of what nutrition labels mean. What are, what are they saying? How does that affect your goal? And learning to read those labels, learning what's in your food, learning how to build a plate. Those are all the little steps and habits that we start with. One other thing that I really love to start everyone with foundationally beyond that is movement goals. So whether that's like standing when you're taking a phone call, or parking further away from your office and walking, you know, a little bit further. So giving them step goals or movement goals so that they can move their body more. Because we're sedentary, we sit all day. So many people have desk jobs. So that's something right away I start is like a step goal because a lot of people don't realize they're not moving enough. And that's just something real little that they can do that we can all do to just start getting our bodies moving more. Right. I like that because it's it's bringing in a lot of times we just blindly go through life and have no concept of self-awareness. And so when we have these little little triggers that we strive to hit, we're over time, 
And I love that, like my, my whole thing is consistency compound and over time yields results. And that's exactly what creating new habits will do if we take one step at a time instead of looking at the whole big elephant in the room and wondering how are you going to tackle this? Mm-hmm. So the, I, I love that. I love the advice. And especially with the, the movements, those are great little triggers that everybody can take advantage of. Right. So do you still eat pizza? you would you would ask that yes so I like I love that question because so many people think you have to cut out every food that you enjoy and I think Rachel can agree with this we both believe in having balance so that means occasionally you can have pizza occasionally you can have wine like once or twice a week you can uh, yeah it's just gonna say define occasionally (laughs) yeah so I would say depending on what your goal is and how quickly you want to get to that goal you know if you want to get 20 pounds off quickly, then you're going to want to limit more or have less of that freedom, flexibility. If you aren't so worried about the deadline, we can be a little more flexible. And that's kind of what coaches will help you figure out, you know, how often you should be doing these free meals or, you know, a burger or whatever. But obviously you don't want it every day, but like once a week, maybe something like that isn't going to kill you. So exactly. And I know that like we, we strive to hit like 100% all the time. And we know that when we go 100% that it's so short lived, we might hit that for like two, three days. And you're like, oh my gosh, I deserve this pizza. I was on point for like three days. And it's like, but what if you just gave yourself grace? Like I always say the 80-20 rule. And if you want pizza, put a piece of pizza into your diet every single day. If that's like your goal is to really find freedom and balance. Mm-hmm. So that should be the first thing is like a treat, like what you want added into your, your daily meal, put that first. So that way you have something to look forward to and you know, it's going to always be there versus mm-hmm. when your diet is so restrictive, you feel like, oh my gosh, pizza, I don't know when I'm going to get this again. So you just binge. And that's part of the whole yo-yoing, the hamster wheel and pendulum swing is that when we find that healthy balance and, and like what Maddie was just saying, I mean, she's right on point for all this, just creating that balance. And this really comes down to what your long-term goal is and the lifestyle that you want to create out of it. Yeah. And I think part of it, like you were saying, this is so huge. And I even had to overcome this myself was the black and white thinking, like all or nothing mentality. So many women are like, well, if I have one piece of chocolate, I'm done for. And I have to just eat everything because I already messed up. Exactly. Yes. We have to get away from that because that is what causes you to go back into your old pattern. So it's like big deal. How to beat chocolate doesn't matter. Going to still stay focused and move right along and get right back on track. And it's just, it's really hard for, I think women, because in a lot of women, I just feel like they're hard on themselves and they don't give themselves a grace like you were talking about. And so that's something that I really encourage everyone you're listening to this, stop the black and white thinking, allow yourself messing up and doing maybe what wasn't the best choice is part of the process. And that's what I tell my clients is like, that's part of learning. And then we can know how do we make a better choice next time or, okay, great. That happened. It's over. Let's move on. So that's- Or there's times I feel like I've been on point so on point. And then you go out and eat somewhere and you think like, you think you made a good choice, but then you put it in your fitness pal later on and you're like, holy crow, how did this little tiny thing I just ate have that many everything in it? And that's the learning. I'm like, well, crap, what you just said, I already had that. So I might as well just finish the day strong with some cake or something. (laughs) you know? No. (laughs) Yeah. That's what my coach 
likes to call the effort mentality and I yeah. not advise that. So we yep. always you know, can, yeah. Do you guys have like, okay, so you guys are both like on this train for like a really, really long time. And my husband is like this too. Like, I feel like Ryan never wants anything bad. Like, but define he, bad. So I, I was going to ask Patty about this too. Labels. He never wants anything that tastes delicious. <laughs> but maybe he enjoys what he's eating. So like, if Ryan eats, Ryan ordered pizza. Ryan's not going to go get pizza. Ryan's not going to deliver if that man needs a piece of pizza, it's because I did those things. Like he has zero desire or interest in pizza unless it's like here, he'll have it. And I think that's amazing to me. I can't wrap my brain around that. Like nothing sweet. Like he can go without it because he just doesn't have that desire or cravings. I, feel I think like. part of it is once you get used to eating different foods, like you, you find things that you love that are more nutrient dense. You just crave them because you start to enjoy them and you make them your own. So like I have so many recipes that I've made my own that literally those are my like, oh, I love that. Like I want it. I crave it. Whether that's like protein pancakes or like pasta made from black beans, whatever. Or like I have a locale Alfredo sauce. I love Alfredo, right? But it needs to be more getting the flavor. I'm getting the, you know, texture. I'm getting all the things I love about that dish, but it's not going to wreck my goals. So part of it, I think, is just finding what works for you. Like, I still have pasta. I still have bread. Like, it's just working it into a way that meets your goals. That doesn't mean you have to order out. So, like, I make my own at-home Chipotle version food every once in a while or Chinese. When I'm craving Chinese, I make it at home. And I, like, love Chinese, but, like, I feel like crap if I order it out. So I... How do you know how to make Chinese? I'm not Chinese. (laughs) Okay, it's not as fancy as, like, that, you know. (laughs) But the same idea. Yeah, it's still the, you know, the sauce, the rice, the meat, yeah. veggies, and I'm getting that fix without the... Or breaking the calorie bank. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's that's one of the things that I, I absolutely loved about doing this as well is just finding what you love to eat and fu- and putting your own spin on it. For example, we're, we're so used to going out and not thinking outside of like the, the food box in a sense where we'll go out and order, have dessert and a slice of cake or something like that. And we don't realize the amount of calories that are in there where if you break it down and destruct it into something that you actually enjoy, so many, you could shave off so many calories. And at the end of the day, you can have your cake and eat it too, literally. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I did this with an icebox mocha cake and I think it was like 1100 calories a slice and I got it down to like 300. I was like, I can have like four pieces almost. So, equal one. <laughs> it's like, so it, it's just all at the end of the day, how many calories that or not that day, really. I mean, you're, you're looking at the overall picture. It's your weekly caloric intake. And so when what people think is if they're eating something bad, and we talk about the labels, say like a piece of chocolate, a piece of chocolate might be like 100 calories. So what? It's 100 calories you ate today. Not a big deal. Grand scheme of things, over 100 exactly. calories. Not a big deal. We just look at that as because we attach that to labels. And we have to let go of labels and not look at food as good or bad, healthy, junk, dirty, clean, all the stuff. Because food is food. It provides nutrients. And our body needs nutrients. It's up to us to make the choice as to what nutrients best work for us and our body. And will they fuel us for the long, long term? So if you want a piece of chocolate, by all means, eat it. I think something that I've realized more so in my own journey and working with so many women is a lot of times the reason we feel we need these certain cravings or foods 
a lot of it comes back to the internal. So I'm going to bring it back to what's going on in our heads. And a lot of times people emotionally eat or they binge eat or whatever, because they're trying to fill a void that's within themselves. So a lot of times I have, I'll have my ladies say, okay, when you're having this craving, I want you to stop and think, am I actually hungry? Is this fueled from an emotion? Like, why am I wanting this thing? Is it to fill a void? Is it because I'm lonely? Is it because I'm sad? Is it because I'm unhappy? And am am I hoping that when I eat this food, I'm going to feel a different way and really have this like conversation with, you know, yourself. And a lot of times it could be not conscious. Like you're just making this decision so quickly. You're just like, I want pizza. Okay. I'm going to eat it or whatever. And I don't mean you directly, Erin. I just mean women as a whole. I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I mean, I was that person at one time. And so I think just really filling what is going to fill that void better. And a lot of times I have my ladies like, you know, focus on maybe spiritual aspects or faith and different things like that to help fill that thing that's missing inside or really work on that mindset stuff to overcome the emotional eating, the, the cravings. And sometimes there are cravings associated with, you know, the time of the month and all that, but it's not all pregnancy. Yes. <laughs> Hormones, they play a part. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because I think it's something that people may not be thinking about or realizing or know how to change or what steps to take. So just stop, think about it. Think about how you're going to feel after. And for me, I realized once I would eat that thing, I would just feel worse. I'm not going to feel better because then I'm going to feel unhappy. And the fact that I just self-sabotaged is going to feel so much worse than if I wouldn't have and found another act, another thing to replace that. So that's another like skill or tactic that I use is like, instead of going and eating that, what can you do to fill that? Do you need to call a friend? Should you do some self-care? Do you need to journal? Do you need to reflect? Those kinds of things. Yeah, you make a good point is that on that as well, because that was something that I personally, and it goes back to, I think the number one thing is really just self-awareness because we go through just so blindly through our daily routine that we don't stop to ask questions and dig a bit deeper into why we do the things that we do. And so addressing the issue at hand, because we always say like mindset is key. It is because it brings awareness to the actual physical to fill an emotional. And so when we're just feeding off of the emotional, we detach from the mindset. And so when we're all disconnected, it just creates this like unhealthy kind of, we feel unbalanced and we, we can actually feel that inside. And that was something that I was like, kind of just tossed. I felt like up and down lopsided. And so when I became really aware of my actions and realizing I'm picking up and like a, maybe a, I don't know, a second donut. And I'm just asking myself, well, I just ate that one. It was really good. I have to trigger myself into stopping because I was eating it to fill that void. Mm-hmm. And then when I did the inner work, I found out what that void was. And that's part of the healing journey into our emotions. And I think so long that we just, we bury because we don't want to feel. Mm-hmm. And whether that's through food or an addiction or excessive anything really, and that could become an obsessive compulsive cycle that we go through. And then we attach the shame, we attach the guilt for doing what we know we shouldn't. And so it's just really, really, again, awareness. And it's just, when I see this pattern in myself and then also the clients I I was recently coached as well, and then even hearing from your own journey that 
we're not alone. So it's okay that we actually face this stuff. So it's just, I love that you brought that up. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. So you put this, okay, so bear with me for this sentence here a second, because my brain's going a million miles per hour. But first of all, when you're talking about like these journeys and it's a lot of it's like weight loss, but obviously you're talking about like how we feel inside and what we care about ourselves and how we, what our self-worth, what, what have that would be that. So, because for me, like a big awareness lately has been obviously like I'm pregnant. So like when I work out and I'm like going to the gym or doing what I'm doing, I was telling Ryan, I was like, it's weird because every time I would work out, I associated with that. I'm doing this because I'm trying to lose weight versus now, obviously that's pointless. I'm not going to lose weight. Right. I'm going to gain weight, but it's like what we like attach that meaning to like, shouldn't mm-hmm. I want to work out and exercise just for my health, just to feel good. And just yeah. anyways, versus like attaching the, I'm doing this only like to lose weight or to hit a goal or whatever. Yeah. I feel like I have, a, I have other clients too, who didn't, didn't necessarily have weight loss goals. They just knew that they're not being like, they're not living a healthy lifestyle and they just felt the effects of that, whether it was low energy, feeling like winded going up the stairs or whatever. And they were like, okay, like I need to change this because I want to be able to play with my kids and I want to be able to live a long life and all that. So I think that culture and like diet culture has definitely like warped our perception in some ways of like why we work out and what we do it for and like the vanity aspect. But even like through my journey, I've focused a lot on like performance, like athletic performance or like heart health and like, okay, so I want to do cardio because I know it's good for my health. I know it helps with like blood flow and all the other benefits beyond looks. So yeah, I think we should definitely keep that like in, you know, the back of our minds and also like as part of our why, and you know, all about the whys, you know, so it's important, definitely. And, you know, as you age too, it's even more so important, I feel like, because we become more sedimentary as we age. Right. So you start your coaching, like, sounds like you coach a lot from like the mind first. Yeah, I think it's a combination. It's a combination. Like I start with the first email I send out, I start with affirmations and telling them to pick like, what is your going to be your affirmations that you're going to focus on these next few weeks? And the reason I started making that shift is because I started kind of just like looking back and realizing such a to internally. And it was because I had friends, believe it or not. I believe you had friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not what you <laughs> I had friends who were the people telling me, why are you talking to yourself like that? Why are you saying that about yourself? Don't talk to yourself that way. Don't say that about yourself. And those people were the people, the catalyst for the change yeah. for me to change that internal dialogue. So now I want to be that, that person for my clients, for the ladies who come into my life. So I can be like, hey, no, we're not going to talk about ourselves that way. We're going to say it like this is, you know, we're reframing the way right. we ourselves, our mistakes, our failures, whatever. So the verbiage. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Our self-talk has so much power over what we do, whether it's what we think, what we act upon, um, how we carry ourselves. And actually it carries forward into how we communicate with others. And it just, we don't realize that again, self-awareness when somebody has to even call us out on our own kind of BS, it's like, whoa, you just stopped dead in your tracks. Like, wow, I didn't realize that I was even doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gotta have those people to call you out. 
Absolutely. You need those friends. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I see stuff and Ryan's like, oh my God, if one of your friends said that to you, what would you say to them? And I'm like, oh. exactly. <laughs> right. And so many women are so hard on themselves. Like I'm learning we're this holes to ourselves. Oh, like we're so mean to ourselves. And it's like being a coach, I'm able to be like, Hey, like, it's okay. Like I'm, it's all right. Like giving them grace allows them to see themselves in a different light. And that like enables the change. Right. So you like working specifically with women? Yes. I have had some male clients, but for some reason, the ladies just gravitate. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. It's a good thing. And you do like, like group stuff, individual stuff, both, like what kind of stuff, like if someone's listening and they're like, I need to reach out to this chick. Like, what are some things that like, yeah. Most of my coaching is one-on-one. I think in the future, I probably will have some group options. I do have my Facebook community where I share a lot of nutrition, workouts, things like that. So, you know, a lot of the ladies- Over the holidays, I just saw that. Good. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I just did a live about what to do. Yeah, for the holidays. So mostly one-on-one coaching, but I do probably in the future, I will probably have some sort of group coaching. And then I have my community- similar to your community where, you know, I'm just sharing stuff for you guys to be able to make changes, get information, ask questions, that kind of thing. I feel like you'd probably be the nicest, sweetest coach anyone could have. I have heard that I am pretty nice. Yeah. (laughs) I I really just believe in being like a cheerleader and like encourager. Like, yes, I'm going to tell you if you're off, but I think positive reinforcement goes such a long way. And that's just like naturally who I am. So to just be able to keep telling you, like, we're going to get through this. Like you can do this, like through whatever hardships come like through the process. That's just, that's my personality. And I really, I just, I just like being myself and that's just who I am. And yeah. So, and you seem like you have patience. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of patience, pa- well, patience from, from a coach and a client perspective, the clients need more patience than the coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause they want the results. Everybody. Yes. <laughs> But then they learn it's a journey. It's a process. Yeah. I want to eat a salad tomorrow and weigh my high school weight. <laughs> not possible. Okay. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not possible. Right. But yeah. And I, and that's part of we, as coaches, that's our job is to give you realistic expectations. And actually I'm surprised a lot of women I've talked to in the last even few weeks, when I get on the phone with people and they're seeing, we're seeing if it's a good fit to work together. They're like, I don't care about the scale weight, you know, that's not what matters to me. I just want to feel better. I just want to, you know, feel good, look good in the right. matter. And I'm like so proud I'm hearing that more and more. So I think there might be some sort of shift going on, even, you know, amongst diet culture and things like that, because a lot of women are taking, and maybe it's because they follow my content and they realize, but right, it's nice to hear that change that people aren't as caught up in the scale weight. So yeah, that's that's kind of the end to the diet culture that I know that you and I are really trying to hone in on. And you're making that impact. And that's exactly what in the fitness industry, that's what we need more leaders like that to do, because it's not just about the number and it's not about a quick fix to something, but really addressing the mindset and the behaviors that, that apply to where that client is at that time. Slaying it, mm-hmm. slaying it, mad fit. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so uh, how do we find out more about you? Like where where is a client or possibly a client, but as a listener and they're like, oh my gosh, this woman is awesome. 
how can I work with her? How can they find you, your social media, whatever? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Maddie, M-A-D-D-Y underscore Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N. It's a tricky spelling. And then my website, which is actually getting redone and going live this weekend, madfit-coaching.com. And then my Facebook group, which this will all probably be in the show notes, I'm assuming, but it will be the MadFit community. I think it's just MadFit community. So we'll link all that for you guys. Yes, definitely link all that. Is there any like final thing that you felt like you want to say, but we didn't let you say it yet? (laughs) Or that we just forget because we're... I just, I think I just want ladies to know that you don't have to go to these extremes, low calorie diets, like 1200 calories and cut out all these foods that you love to get your results. And that's something I'm just very passionate about because a lot of women come to me under eating or realizing, don't realize they are not eating enough. And that is not healthy. If you're doing that, please find a coach, please find someone that values your health because it is not the way to go. And it's very unlikely that you need to be at that low of a calorie range. So please don't do that. Mm-hmm. Find someone to support you. You are worthy of support. That's the next thing I would like to say, like you're worthy of the support that you deserve and doing it alone is going to take you so much longer than if you find a mentor or someone a coach, whether it's me or any other person, there's tons of qualified coaches out there to help you. You're worthy of that. So Gosh, we get teary-eyed. I know, but, but that's the heart of it. And that really is the truth. Yeah. So, yes, thank you. Thank Perfect. You. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, we'll link all the information so people can get a hold of you. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank um, you so much. Lot. And thanks for dealing with all my obnoxious pizza questions. I love the pizza questions. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And we will see you all next time. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.